Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who would never call me a coward, my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm doing great. And no, of course I wouldn't call you a coward, nor would I slap you, James B. <laughs> Thank goodness. But just in case, I'm going to stay remote and not uh, in person with you, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, Eddie, do you know that you and I have now read over 75 Spider-Man comics together? Dang. Uh, that's right, James B. But today's guest has read a few more than us lately. Kevin, why don't you tell us about who you are and what you've been up to? Hey, everyone. Uh, my name's Kevin Ewing, and back in the end of 2015, I decided to do a mostly chronological Spider-Man read-through. And rather than finish an issue and immediately start the next, I wanted to do something that would make each issue have a longer-lasting impression for me. And I was a little lazier than James B. and Eddie. I did not do a podcast, but I did decide to, to tweet my favorite moment from that issue. Sometimes it's an awesome moment, a funny one, a sad one, a cliffhanger, often a heartwarming moment. And I also rated each comic story and art on a, on a scale of one to five. Recently, I've moved on from the 616 Marvel Universe and I'm doing multiverse versions of Spider-Man and just started Ultimate Spider-Man. Wow, that's... Uh... That's super ambitious, and yeah. I know I'm I'm basically jealous uh, because it sounds like a smart move. Yes, it takes a little less time than the podcast, but uh, uh, that's 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 crazy. Hey, hopefully at the end of these episodes, you can uh, let us know uh, your ratings um, and see if they've even changed from what they were. If you know what they were the first time. Um, I, I do remember. You do? Okay. We'll, we'll rate them. Usually uh, I rate them and say, this is a good issue or a bad issue, but I'll, I'll go one to five today. I'm willing to do that. Hey, when we talked on the phone, Kevin, if you remember, I, I talked to you and it was a great conversation. Then I said, you, you've got to tell me about this hashtag drunk Pete, because I kept running into it and I couldn't quite translate what it was all about. Um, tell us what that was about. Yeah, sure. So every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, a group of Spider-Man aficionados live tweet a pre-selected Spider-Man comic. And the origin story for that is about eight years ago, some friends on social media were discussing the fact that Peter Parker accidentally gets drunk in a web of Spider-Man issue 38 and has to go out and fight a villain in an inebriated state. Sorry, Eddie and James B. for a potential spoiler of a future issue you may or may not do. Uh, they, they decided to read it at the same time and tweet their reaction to it. And ever since then, it's been a weekly tradition to live tweet a Spider-Man comic and drink a beverage while doing so. So if this sounds like fun, please join along by following the hashtag DrunkPete every Saturday night and live tweet a comic with us. Uh, drinking an alcoholic beverage is definitely not a requirement. Having fun, celebrating Spider-Man, and being non-toxic are pretty much the only rules. Wow, that sounds like so much fun, Kevin. I'll, I'll be sure to join sometime. Um, well, we're not going to be exactly reading, but uh, we could do the summary together. That sounds good. Okay, The Amazing Spider-Man. 70. The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> the Kingpin is in prison and not happy. Spidey is still swinging around with the stolen ancient tablet, unable to figure out what to do with it. We are also reminded that Spidey is still on the run from the law when he has to deal with a policeman taking some pot shots at him. He swings home and puts the tablet in his closet. He rests uneasy that night. The next morning, Peter heads to ESU, where Gwen gives him a hard time for being a coward. <laughs> Gwen. Okay, hold on for a second here. Is this issue's not actually called The Amazing Spider-Man, right? Isn't it called Spider-Man Wanted? Did I say it wrong? Well, I don't I mean, know why I put it like that. 
Kevin, oh, back me up here. What do you think? I think it's called Spider-Man Wanted. See, because it's in the picture of the Daily Bugle, Eddie. Oh, so you were fooled. It says at the top. <laughs> we're not editing this out. Hey, Kevin. I haven't made a mistake in a while. <laughs> it, it happens to the best of us, Eddie. Oh, and, it, and it happens to Eddie, too. Um, <laughs> last podcast, Eddie and I were talking about Gwen Stacy. Uh, her, she's... I mean, she was nasty back in issue 31. Like, she was like, Arr. you know, she was a jerk. And uh, over 40 issues, you know, now she's like goo gaga with, with Peter. Um, what do you think of her, you know, from then to now, uh, you know, or at this point in the run, at least, because we, we don't really see the future that you see with her? Well, I mean, people often think of her as, as bland and boring and that she really only became, only became relevant after something that happens to her much later on. Uh, no spoilers for a very famous thing that happens that everyone probably already knows about. Uh, well, I can see where that opinion comes from. I, I happen to find her uh, a likable love interest and a good character in her own right. Um, was Stan Lee the best at writing female characters? Absolutely not. And I think that has a lot to do with, with how she's perceived. Uh, were you guys aware that um, Stan's wife was blonde and that that is thought why he put Gwen with Peter instead of MJ? That, that's a lot of weight on writing her character if this is an allusion to his wife. <laughs> My goodness. Um, I knew his wife was blonde because they show a lot of uh, her when you ever watch like a Stanley documentary, but I didn't know that she was relevant in this part of the story. No, I did not. Eddie, what happens after Gwen giving him a hard time for being a coward? Uh, also on campus, Joe Robbie tells off J. Jonah Jameson while they search for news, and the dean meets the protesters' demands without pressing charges. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of the relationship between uh, Joe Robertson and J. Jonah Jameson? Well, first of all, I mean, simply put, Robbie is the best. Uh, next to MJ, yeah, right. he's probably my favorite supporting cast member of the Spider-Man characters. And Robbie and his journalistic integrity, it makes really good foil for Jonah's loudmouth tabloid bluster. He's basically the heart and soul of the bugle. And when he tells it like it is to Jonah or threatens to leave the bugle, JJJ usually listens. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on. Back in jail, the Kingpin's meaty paws have broken his cell and he escapes. Unaware, Spidey decides to decode the tablet with the help of the local hieroglyphic expert. Too bad the cops stake out the place and he's wanted. They shoot at Spidey again as he swings away. With tablets still in tow, he dispatches some thugs only to find that it's a kingpin trap. The two arch nemesis fight, but J. Jonah Jameson and Ned Leeds show up and get in the way. Realizing the odds are against him, the kingpin escapes with a mystery woman. Spidey loses his nerve and scares J. Jonah so much he passes out. Spidey ends with an ominous rage. Hey, Kevin, um, you mentioned that you've been listening to our podcast because you're a loyal listener. Eddie and I were talking, and we've got some of our old formats that we just got rid of and we're going to start bringing them back just so you can experience them. We're going to do one right now, if you don't mind. Eddie, I'll let you start. Do you have an outdated reference? Remember the old outdated references? Oh, I'm so glad to have these back. Why do we ever get rid of them? Um, on page eight, Gwen says to Peter, chickening out. Are you chickening out? And this one, this one is my favorite one in uh, this book. I mean, I know we can say chickening out today, but it's a great line. What about you, Kevin? Well, the first one I had was uh, Gwen tells Peter to stand there chewing your cud. 
<laughs> and I had no clue what that meant. And apparently, cud is partly digested food that a cow rechews to help with indigestion. Quinn <laughs> um, is so harsh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently, it means standing around doing nothing but thinking. Uh, another one I had, uh, they mentioned dinky toys. I didn't know what those were. Those are <laughs> die-cast metal vehicles made in England Oh yeah. back in the oh. day. And uh, the last one I noticed was um, Spider-Man tells Kingpin he'll ruin the car's Simonize, which is car polish. And that's what the dad <laughs> in A Christmas Story got as a gift that he wasn't exactly thrilled with. Just want to what jump. A... I just want to jump in here for all the other fifty and over listeners, and let, apologize because none of those were outdated references to me. They were all just regular <laughs> things I knew. Oh, I know there's somebody out there who can fire me a message at, at Let's Read Spidey because none of those things are a surprise to me at all. Simonizing your car, huh? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's a wax, dude. I had no idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go just stand there and chew your cut. I'll tell you some other uh, things you guys need to know about. <laughs> what else happened in this issue? Anything else you guys want to uh, talk about or like something? I, I think I thought this overall was a was a pretty good issue. It had some classic Spider-Man guilt, and it had a really good villain fight. I agree. The fight was good. I I am really bothered by this whole like Dean sitting down with the protesters and just being like. Oh yeah, I was completely wrong. Here's meeting your demands, and he's just so um, he capitulates so quickly in this conversation, <laughs> and I just can't imagine that was happening hardly ever at this time. So, one thing Kevin and I discussed as we were kind of setting this up was, um, and Eddie, I don't know if you can see page nine easily uh, right now. But at the top of page nine, they're all sitting there at that same scene you're talking about with the dean. And he's saying, like, I was fighting for you. And yes. if you look at Josh, Josh in this issue looks like he's about 40. <laughs> and, he, and Kevin, I looked back. He, he starts off, he's about 20 two issues ago. He, he really does get older really fast. His hairline recedes super far back. And I don't know what happened to him. I thought he was a student, you know? So they... Did they get? Did they go to jail? Did they spend a night in jail, or did they just get booked and released? Because if they spend a night in jail, it really aged this guy. <laughs> That's what it does to you, huh? Here's our PSA: Kids, don't go to jail. <laughs> All right. Well, we could talk about this more later if we need to. Let's let's see what's happening, Eddie. Issue 71, and uh, your title looks okay, by the way. Thank you. The speedster and the spider. We open with a mopey Peter still stuck with the tablet sitting in his room. He is tired of being spidey and is caught off guard when Harry arrives home, nearly exposing Peter's superhero identity. As Peter realizes a hospitalized J. Jonah Jameson won't be able to buy any pictures, we are introduced to a blurry new character, Quicksilver. He gives us some backstory that shows his sister Wanda and Toad escaping Magneto's island fortress. He continues to explain that he has been searching in vain for the Avengers in New York. Back in the present, he decides to flex his strength by going after Spider-Man instead. Um, and now we are bringing back another segment from our past. It's time for the complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life. Take it away, James B. Uh, I thought this segment was done, but this is for you, Kevin. I noticed in issue 70, if I can go back a moment, back when we were talking about the cud chewing section. Okay. Just before that, he actually says, it's lucky for me, Harry is dating MJ tonight. And, you know, I've been 
all over the board and trying to, to put this together, the story of who's actually dating who. And then when he goes and sees Gwen and after they kind of have an issue, she ends by telling him, skip it, Mr. Parker. It's just no fun losing your stupid heart to someone who's always making like a coward. Then he sees Harry later and Harry says he had such a good time with MJ and he tells Peter he should have his head examined for not seeing much of Gwen. Oh boy. So the words say Harry is dating MJ tonight. So now Harry is definitely dating MJ and Peter's not seeing much of Gwen, but we think they're still dating. We talk a lot about Peter and Gwen. Kevin, do you think MJ and Harry make sense from a dating perspective? Well, let me think on that for a minute. No, <laughs> you know, looks looks aren't everything, right? Um, but Harry, he's way above his weight class here with MJ, and you know, they aren't in a serious relationship, thank Uncle Ben. But but I just can't see a free spirit like MJ going for a rich tightwad like Harry. Now, James B, uh, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, right. is in this issue, and uh-huh. you have a history with her. I think the Scarlet Witch might have been my. Uh my comic book crush, to be honest with you, because um, I had to do a project. I think I'm about 42, 43 when I'm doing this project. And the project uh, is for um, a library class. And at the end, you have to make a digital library. And at HTTPS colon backslash backslash scarletwitch.omeka.net, you can go see my project, which is still online, my final project. And um, it's used as an exemplar. That's why it's still out there. So there. So yeah, I kind of like my Scarlet Witch. That being said, Quicksilver, come on. Everybody knows he stinks. Because DC is not as good as Marvel, in my opinion, at least at this time for sure. But he's just the Flash, but he's not as good as the Flash. Um, So I personally wasn't a big Quicksilver fan. Love the Scarlet Witch. Did the whole Vision Scarlet Witch Avengers thing for a while. You know, she's, she's definitely a background character in this storyline here. Speaking of the story, I got we got to keep moving with the summary, Eddie. So unless you have something to add. Yeah, never a dull moment with James B., everybody. <laughs> All right. J. Jonah Jameson is stable but unable to continue his duties. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson's unable to continue his duties. Eddie, it says in the book he's going to be out for weeks. Can you yeah. let us know the, do you recall the diagnosis J. Jonah Jameson? Well, at first, uh, it appeared that he had had a heart attack. I thought then, so, too. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, did you think I, he had a heart attack? I don't know. It sure seemed like it at the time. And then, Eddie, what was the diagnosis? Do, you want, do I have to tell you, or did you see You're it? You're going to have to tell me, James. Okay. It says he's in there because of shock. <laughs> oh, yes. So course. I jumped to the internet and did my internet research, and I kept finding shock, and it kept saying, shock the kind that you get, like, you know, like he's going into shock is not the same one as like, I was scared by Spider-Man shock. That's a different kind of shock. So I was all over the internet trying to figure out what kind of damage you could get from really being scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very infrequent that somebody gets scared into a situation that could cause this much damage just by being scared. He's taking up the Aunt May mantle for now. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, this isn't about P you know, PTSD. This is like being scared by Spider-Man grabbing you or something. So, Uh but please continue the fact that he's down for the count. Who's taken over there. So Joe Robbie is temporarily taking over from him at the bugle. Uh, Joe is overwhelmed by his duties until Peter brings him some stunning photos. The pictures prove Spidey's innocence and Peter makes off with the biggest payday ever from the bugle. (laughs) Um, Kevin, I noticed 
there were two things Peter was going to spend the money on. You want to talk about those? I think one was the rent that he owed Harry. Yep, yep. Which oh, I've, which I'll jump in and say, I feel like we had talked about this in the issue that he wasn't going to pay the rent because Harry's like, you don't need to pay rent here. I don't even pay rent. So, but he's okay. The rent, very excited to pay that. You, want, you guys know what the other one was? Do you remember? Trip to Florida for Aunt May, right? Yeah. <laughs> Down south. I thought <laughs> she was still horizontal in a bed. Like, now he's <laughs> shipping her away? <laughs> Dude, I mean, he gets all this money. His first thing, he's like, I'm going to pay the rent and send Aunt May on a trip. Hey, he's a firm believer in the the healthiness of feeling warm Floridian hair, air for Aunt May. So. Oh, but this is, like, so overly <laughs> responsible now. Like, what happened to the guy who could buy that oh. rock-a-licking red bike like you know dude go get your bike back or right uh, oh well it is what it is <laughs> um he needs to make some money somehow i guess he's like he has to he's not going to do it by selling the cabinet or is he what's um what's he what's going on eddie <laughs> Uh, later F- spidey finally offloads the tablet to captain oh, stacy here it goes and things are looking up until quicksilver shows up to capture him a mouthy quicksilver's boasts as it looks like Spidey won't be able to defeat him. Uh, we switched to J. Jonah Jameson abruptly awakening to find his paper printing sympathetic editorials about Spidey. He rages while Spider-Man continues to be overpowered by Quicksilver. Just as it looks like Spidey won't win, he gives Quicksilver one karate <laughs> chop, and it's over. <laughs> Spidey swings Quicksilver to the top of the building where they work out their problems, and everybody departs happily. Uh, Kevin, it's time for another blast from the past. A segment we got rid of. Yes, it's favorite panels time. Do you have a favorite panel from this one, Kevin? Well, from this one, I, you know, I really like when in comic books they use multiple images of a character contained within one panel to show how acrobatic or agile they are. And yeah. the cover to 71 and actually one of the interior panels on page 18 does that with Quicksilver. Now my preference is when they do it with Spider-Man, of course, but I think Romita effectively conveyed Quicksilver's incredible speed with this panel. The fact that I, he's got these little pops that happen every time he hits Spider-Man all throughout, I gotta agree. It's really fun to kind of think about what the fight was actually, you know, what was actually going on in there. Um, so I didn't have a favorite panel, but I did love when Quicksilver would pop Spider-Man multiple times in the same panel. Yeah, I I had I had two. Um, I wasn't sure which one to go with, and uh, the style of um, throwbacks from the blast in the past. I'll be Eddie, and I'll just say them both. Um, I liked, uh, I liked Peter Parker, um, when he gets the money and he's all like, woohoo, you could like, he's all like super smiley and <laughs> yeah, like, he's very like, happy. his eyes are like super big. Um, and again, I liked it because we don't see it that much. Uh, another thing I didn't see much and I really got excited about was the very second to last page of this issue when there's a three or four scenes where Spider-Man is gut J. Jonah Jameson by the collar. And he's got his eyes wide open and, you know, and the first time he does it, it's a really good scene because he's Spider-Man is just lifting him off the ground. And then there's one that has just um, J. John Jameson's face like, you know, no, you know, and I'm like, it's it's just it's just really good. Um, I, I just really enjoyed seeing Spider-Man taking it to him because who doesn't love to see J. Jonah getting his comeuppance, right? So. It's so rare and very satisfying. I totally agree. <laughs> 
Uh, James B., did we forget anything today? <gasps> it's time for our sponsor. We got to. Hey. We can't. Uh, we can't expect Peter to give us some money because he's busy spending it on his aunt and on Harry's rent. So, um, yeah, we have a sponsor. Thank you so much for reminding me, um, Eddie. You enjoy learning new stuff, uh, but I assume, like me, you find it sometimes hard to keep up with all the new technologies, like um, apps on your phone or computer programs, like when we had to all learn Zoom, or how to buy yeah. your movie tickets online. Um, don't you wish you could have a job where things kind of just stay the same? You know, that, that would be pretty nice. Well, Eddie, we have a job for you. It's time for you to enter the exciting brand new field of hieroglyphics. See, at uh -huh. ESU, students like you will learn to read ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs and analyze the grammar of the ancient Egyptian language. You can gain familiarity with the literature of ancient Egypt. Eddie, for just as little as three hours a week for three to 10 years, you can master middle Egyptian grammar and writing and will continue to build your vocabulary and learn additional more complicated grammatical features eddie if you want to learn more about this you can see the actual petrified tablet and the dead sea scrolls they're on tour right now at the blue wahoo stadium in pensacola florida this sunday from nine o'clock to 3 p.m and you can also find out more information on having your own hieroglyphic studio eddie are you ready to stop wasting time on other stuff and focus <laughs> on your new career? Uh, uh, you know, what a practical skill <laughs> for this age. Um, hey, I don't know many pharaohs. I'm not sure about this one, James B. Listen, Spider-Man was seeking out the expert, right? Just He yes, was looking for the expert true. in hieroglyphics. If he's looking for it, lots of people are. Kevin, what do you think about this as an opportunity for you going forward? Listen, guys, I love your show and every opportunity to support your sponsors. I, I want to do that. But this one really has me engaged. I, I hope my employer's not listening to this show because I think I'm going to put in my notice and become a hieroglyphics expert. I, and you know what? There's oh my. Eddie, don't worry. There's This is a growing field. There'll be opportunities for clearly as many people um, who want to get involved in this. Kevin's put me in such a bad light. <laughs> Because I'm so unsupportive of most of our sponsors, you know. Okay, James B. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, is there an, is there an app for this? Can I give it a chance on an app? You know, no, there's no app for this, Eddie. It's hieroglyphics. Okay? Oh, sorry. Okay, Excuse start me. start learning three hours a week for three to ten years, and you can master it. Okay, that's that's all you need. All to right, all right, right. Hopefully, we see you this Sunday. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Is there any? I, I want to talk about this section where Quicksilver is running around. He's Quicksilver, right? Who I kind of ripped on earlier, but yeah. he's quick. He's flipping around. He's punching Spider-Man, and Spider-Man essentially clotheslines him, right? Yeah. No, no harm to Spider-Man. Like I just stick out my arm. Oh, that's 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 the solution on how to stop a speedster. You just stick out your arm, and it's and that's it. Because and let him run into it. Yeah. Right. Right. That's it. Like that was another one-shot ending, right? One punch, yeah. one punch, like and it's so over. Like so many ends to fights lately, I just am so let down. If the villain is even touched, it's over. Like Spider-Man spends the whole fight just getting beat up or trying to avoid getting beat up, and he barely lands a blow on Quicksilver and plenty of other villains. 
Okay, so off, bothersome. Okay, to me. off the cuff. There's no, no. This is not prepped. But well, how do you want to end this issue instead? Go, give me something. Anybody? How do you end this instead? How do you stop Quicksilver? Or does he just win? Uh, he beats up Spider-Man. Gives him to the police. What do you want to do? Instead of giving him the uh, the old karate chop to the chest. I mean, well, I got an idea, but I want to see if you got. I want to hear your ideas first. So my idea, Spider-Man's pretty quick in in, in his own right, right? Compared to most heroes, he's pretty quick, yeah. but. Not 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 as quick as Quicksilver, but he does have webs at his disposal. Yep. And he could have set up a line to trip him, a line to slice off his head if he so desired. <laughs> he could have done any number of things with the webs that Quicksilver could have run into. I have. That's why you're. That's why you're on this podcast because. <laughs> and no, no, I'm not making fun of you, Eddie. But that's yeah. the answer. Like the web is the solution to everything. You trap Spider-Man in like an impossible situation. Boom! Shites a tiny web. He's fine. He can he can hit he can hit a cane like a tip of a cane and make it blow up. Yeah. He can shoot through air holes and he can flip switches. One like the web would have been like oh I didn't know Spider-Man had this web. You know like it was great. But especially since how little Spider-Man used his web in this issue. If you don't include him webbing away at the end, I think that's it. When he's fighting Quicksilver. You, you guys can flip the pages right in front of me. There's oh there's my. no web use except for the fact that he webs away, I believe, in the final panel to leave. Oh, he, uh, excuse me, James, but he yeah. webbed his costume out of Harry's sight before he gets in there. <laughs> A much more valuable use of his web. Is that, is that in this issue? I've, yes, it is. That's okay. the only Woo. other web use. But was it... So he uses it to... That's actually an important moment. You know? Good, that, good job, web. Yeah. Oh, that's when the web shooter magically did not make a thwip sound. When every other time they use it, it does make a loud thwip sound. <laughs> there's a there's a few times he's swinging on his web. I wanted I want to say that for people that are like turning the pages and saying I'm going to send you guys angry mail at let's read spiderman at gmail dot com. It's I get it, but he didn't use his web, you know, and, and that makes Eddie really unhappy. Uh, it's the same problem he had with Kingpin the last couple of episodes too, or. Last couple well, of he issues. used it last up. He used it last issue, so they're like, "Well, we can't go." Or two issues ago, remember he made the yeah the one the the fake Spider Man yeah, he... completely out of webs. So that was it. They're like, "That's good enough for now." But this the the karate chop. If my strength holds out, there's still a chance. Fast as he is, he can't run through an object. Uh, <laughs> do, <laughs> spider. This dude's got. He gets hurt a lot. He, he gets. He lands on on some bricks and throws his shoulder out of whack. He's got his arm in a sling. You're really going to stick your hand in front of Quicksilver? Dude, I don't know. Wait, is there anything else we got to talk about? I don't want to rush our ending. I think I'm good. All right, let's rank yeah. this, and then we'll close and get out of here. I think for issue 70, I gave it a four. Okay. And I think for 71, I also gave it a four. In hindsight, I probably would have kept the four for 70 and moved 71 down to a three. So... Every, except for the Karate Chop ending, the fact that J. Jonah Jameson's having to read that his paper is printing pictures for the innocents, that, that's good. I'm going to go three on both. Eddie, how about you? Uh, yeah, you know, I actually really like the visuals of Quicksilver um, running around and just kind of getting a new character in there that has you know, something going on. I know you mentioned he's similar to the Flash in DC Comics, but uh, he's this is a three for me, and Issue 70, there's so many things that bother me. It, it's bordering on a, on a two, actually. I really did. Wow, interesting. I don't know. Uh, we'd like to uh, give Kevin one more chance to uh, plug himself. So, Kevin, where can people find Kevin Ewing? 
Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at, at KevinEwing22. Awesome. And Kevin, do you know how to do the close? You've heard a lot of our podcasts. If you can, take it away. Remember, listeners, if you run at the first sign of danger, your girlfriend will definitely think that you're a coward. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 I'm going to describe the issue. <laughs> you tell me which issue it is, okay? I'm going to describe an issue. Here it goes. Uh, All right. Uh, a, uh, a non-villain shows up and uh, decides that because they hear something about Spider-Man, that they need to battle Spider-Man. And then at the end, um, Spider-Man sort of like subdues them and says like, oh, hey, we're both good guys. And they're like, okay, well then go on your way. Can you tell me which issue uh, it is and who the actual, uh, who, who, the, who this other character is? You have, you I have believe it was Amazing Spider-Man 71. And the character was Quicksilver. Well, maybe. Could have been talking about Kazar. Could have been talking about Medusa. <laughs> I mean, one of the 14 issues with the Human Torch in it. Oh, the time-honored trope of two heroes fighting each other and then coming to an understanding and being friends. This is just a misunderstanding. Okay, hold on. Right, one more page oh. and we'll figure it out. Oh, page three. Okay, hold on. Hold on. One more page. Four, five, six, seven. <laughs> oh, only seven pages of, of a fight between two heroes who can go at the end like, oh, like, you know. There's no problem. <laughs> I guess.